and welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I am your host, Ryan Van Biver, NFL editor at SB Nation. With me, as always, man, myth, legend, Stephen White. How you doing today, Stephen? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? Oh, you know, not too bad. I'm just trying to kind of keep myself from getting too excited, peeling myself off the wall here, so to speak, from uh, the excitement over Titans-Jaguars tonight. Yeah, can't can't you just feel it in the air? (laughs) It's almost like Phil Collins is just playing in your ears, right? I can feel it coming. I mean, it's it's just so electric. You know, I I don't know what I'm going to do with myself until 8.30 this evening and watch Titans Jags. (laughs) Well, we'll have to find it. Well, I think we can fill up at least an hour here. So at least we got that going. Yeah, you know. <laughs> then I, I don't know what to do with the rest of the time. But this hour, we, we we'll go ahead and knock that out, knock out some of that nervous energy. <laughs> football. I love it. Everyone's like every like Twitter this until until the death of Vine was announced today. Ah, yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> I know. I guess I was I was always more of a GIF guy anyway. So we'll see. But the nice thing about Vines is like for posts, like I was just thinking about that today with like, you know, like. Haas or like the draft breakdowns and stuff like the nice thing about being able to find a vine of a play is that it loads easy like if people are looking at it on their phone and stuff you know yeah and and sometimes they even have like uh sound yeah too so well i'm, I mean, I'm listening if it, it hadn't been for vine we never would have had the editorial strategy at sp nation to um, mix pony in with stuff. So right, exactly. I mean, what what are we gonna do now about that? How are we gonna how are we gonna get our pony fixed? I don't know. We're gonna have to find another song, another format. I guess maybe we'll, we'll pony everything <laughs> <laughs> from the Olympics to Michael Bennett sack dance to man, yeah. you name it. <laughs> and it always works. That's the that's the great thing about it. It's, always works. It's never not funny. <laughs> We'll have to get now. I'll have to get Major Laser or something like that. <laughs> uh, um, I, I guess let's start with Titans and Jaguars, so we can just get that. We can check that box and get it out of the way at the very least. Uh, you know, we were saying before the show, Stephen, and I know we've talked about this before, but I, I'm sort of like I get that the Titans are still sort of early on in the rebuilding process, and they have an exciting young quarterback, but the rest of the team, you look at the roster. Still needs some work. I think that's pretty obvious. But man, the Jaguars. What the fuck? They have like, I mean, the best Jaguars roster in five years, maybe ten years. And, you know, we've talked about this before, what they did in free agency, what they did in the draft. They've got depth at these positions. But man, they cannot, they might be worse this year than they were last year, at least offensively. If nothing else, they're playing worse. Uh, but they, like you said, it, it's a head scratcher because they added these uh, key additions and free agency. You know, they go out there and they get a Malik Jackson. Um, they uh, draft a Jalen Ramsey, and 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 they already had a nice nucleus on offense. Yeah. Uh, before that, and they added uh, Chris Ivory. Now he got sick like before the first game, I think. And he was out a couple of weeks with some kind of mystery sickness that nobody knew about. Mm-hmm. But he's back now, and, and they already had T.J. Yeldon. And, 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 and they haven't even had, like, a whole bunch of injuries, like, say, the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that you could blame it on that. So it's just it's, it's mind boggling because none of it makes any sense. They, they're they're definitely on paper at least more talented than any Jags team I've seen in a long time. Yeah, but the results tend to be a little bit worse than last year, and and maybe the thing about it is. It goes back to the coaches. They still have the same coach. Yeah. Coach in Jacksonville. They they had an interim. They had a Malarkey as an interim head coach last year in Tennessee. And maybe we're not seeing that growth because neither team decided to move in a, a different direction after last season. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about the Jags, you see that frustration starting to boil over onto the field now, too. And you saw that what Malik Jackson got tossed for the – with the unsportsmanlike Odell Beckham rule last week, and then Jalen Ramsey too, and was Ramsey was talking about it a little bit after the games, like I do the same thing. We're pissed off. We don't like losing. <laughs> right, but you can't say that, right? Well, like yeah. I understand where he was coming from, <laughs> but you can't be like nine times out of nine. Or, you know, if I had the nine times to do again, I'd do it again. That's ten <laughs> out of ten, buddy. So you're not really learning your lesson. And, yeah. it, you know, with, with the with the Malik Jackson, when he, he lost his cool and just kept kind of going at the referees, basically. Um, but with the Jalen Ramsey one, it, it was it was fighting. Yeah. Like he, him and somebody got locked up. And as usually happens, the second guy got caught. But you can't, like, punch a guy all in the face. And, and you definitely can't come back and say, yeah, I'll do that again. I mean, yeah. now, now guess what? The refs are going to be looking for you to do that again. Yeah. And, and it just, it doesn't, again, that doesn't speak well for Gus Bradley at all. Mm-mm. Right? At the very least, you should have sat him down and said, hey, man, I love the fight. I love the fact that you won't back down. But when you get in front of the cameras, tell them you learned your lesson. Right? <laughs> tell them I can't do that. I, can, I, I don't want to hurt my team. I don't want to be a poor reflection. You can't get out there and be like, I, I don't care. I'm going to do it again. Yeah. But, of course, you know, Jalen Ramsey kind of been marching to the beat of his own drum this whole season. So <laughs> I guess it's not all that surprising. But, you know, when, when you're a team where the expectations were up this year and everybody knows that your coach, this is a make-or-break season for him, and you're not playing well, and then not only do you get the, the door's blown off you last week, you, you end the game that way with a couple of your, your, your – again, those – Two key additions get kicked out of the game. Yeah. That does not look good for Gus Bradley at all. I just, you know, maybe they won't make a a, a decision in the middle of the season, but I can't see any way that he returns as the head coach next year unless they have some kind of miraculous turnaround between now and the end of the season. Yeah, and that was, you know, a home game with the Raiders. I mean, really and truly, they could have – I mean, it's just it, – their one home game they won this year was the England one. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Quote, unquote, home game. And that just sucks because that's a good fan base you've got there, too. Considering what they have to put up with, yeah. that is a great fan base. Because it's easy to be a Steelers fan. Look, how many lean years have you had to really suffer through? <laughs> yeah. But if you're a, a Jaguars fan or even a Bucks fan here locally – you bring new meaning to the word long suffering, <laughs> right? Yeah. So uh, th- those those you got to give it up to those fans that they're still in it, you know, in it to win it, so to speak. But their team isn't. Yeah. And so something's got to give. I think the owner, the new owner, uh, uh, Mr. Khan, 
has done a great job. They, they've given the coaching staff everything they need to succeed, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So at some point you have to say, if, if your team is better talent-wise, you got good facilities, but you're still not seeing a return, the head coach has got to go. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. And, you know, and I respect them for giving Bradley – being sort of patient with Bradley, but I mean, at this point, it's, you know, this is his sixth, fourth season here. He, you know, they spent money in free agency. It's not like they had to just, you know, four years in the NFL is really a pretty good window to turn over a roster. And, and you see that with Jacksonville. I mean, they, uh, they've done that, but man, they're just, they're having a hell of a time getting those parts put into place. And having them to perform. Yeah. If the reason you think Bradley out is to play of Blake Bortles. You know, Blake Bortles basically played better his rookie season than he's playing right now. Yeah. Uh, where is the growth? And, and and they gave him, you know, not just his first two seasons, but they gave him a third season with Bortles to see if he could get Bortles to that Pro Bowl, that next level. Yeah. And again, he's got plenty of talent around him. You know, you got to uh, 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 Allen Robinson and, and uh, Allen Hearns and and you got these two big tight ends to throw to, but Blake Bortles has looked terrible. Somebody said something the other day. They made a comment that everything about Blake Bortles is slow twitch, and I hadn't thought of it that way. But that's the exact way you look <laughs> when you watch him on film. That's exactly what you see. Is like everything. The, the decision is slow. Where to go with the football. The delivery is slow. He got the big wind up, and it's just it, everything is slow. And yeah. so you can't win football games that way. It's just you just can't do it. Yeah. And you know something's got to give. I I don't know what what Gus Bradley could do right now. We're almost at the midpoint of the season to get things turned around. But he needs, he needs to start throwing the hell mirrors. Other people have already fired their offense coordinators. Yeah. Look, you better do something. It actually worked for the Lions last year. They ended up with Jim Bob Cooter. Not, that's and right. That's looking great. Look, if you know you're going down after this season, if you don't improve, it, it might be time for him to try to throw a hell mirror. Yeah. <laughs> At least one, my God. I mean, something. Dude, don't just stand there. Do something. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, what, I guess Greg Olson's their offensive coordinator. He's been their offensive coordinator, you know, for the last two seasons. This is his second season there. So he's been with Bortles the entire time. Wait, no, Bortles. I guess this is Bortles' third season. So my mistake on that. But still, the results. I mean, you know, it's all about the results, and you've got to have that. It's just a... I don't know. We'll see what happens, but uh, yeah. Sometimes I think Greg Olson's offenses are so complicated that that maybe throws a kink in it too. But it's weird too. It was funny to see Khan went into the locker room and talked to everybody. I mean, it sounded like some sort of, I mean, like in respect to him for this, but at the same time, it's kind of funny to, you don't think about an owner going to the locker room and saying, why are we losing? Why can't we win games? And what can we do, you know, to help you? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because yeah. normally if you hear about an owner going into a locker room, it's to cuss everybody out. Uh, I remember when I was with the Jets that one year, and, and Woody Johnson tried to come in our locker room, and Herm wouldn't let him. <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to go very well. You know, we had lost the game, and we were pissed off. And then, look, you're the owner, and you, and you, you run everything true enough, but I don't want to hear an owner coming there shouting and screaming and stuff. 
uh, after you've <laughs> lost the game. So it, it is rare to hear that from an owner that you come in and, and do that. But at the same time, it's kind of absurd. Like you're yeah. an owner, you you're not so. You, you know, of course, Jerry Jones thinks he's a coach, <laughs> but 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 for the most part, owners, you you take care of running the team. But if it's supposed to be something where you know you're trying to get to the bottom of what can be done, that's usually left for the GM and the head coach yeah. and the coaching staff or what have you. So it, it it had to be a little bit embarrassing for Gus Bradley that you got this man coming here and basically pleading, trying to figure out what is going on. Yeah. Yeah, like you pissed off an auto parts magnate, Jacksonville Jaguars. You're you you're, you done fucked up. Right. Big time. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, it'll be interesting because you know it seems like we have about four or five coaches that get the boot every year. So we'll see what happens. With with the Jaguars. I tell you one coach that's not gonna get the boot, but I do it was interesting to see the Vikings finally lost a game last week. Man, that was ugly. That it, was so ugly. What was it? I mean, between both teams they had that span of what was it like eight like four turnovers in a two minute span oh, or five. something? Like that. Back to back to back to back. <laughs> interception fumble, interception fumble. It was just fumble interception. It's just crazy. And then like the kickoff return for a touchdown shortly somewhere in between there too. Yeah. For, for the it was a bad day at the office for the Vikings. It just, you know, it man, was. was, well, and you know, obviously like no team, you know, it's hard to go 16 and Oh, I mean, I'm not like, you know, nobody expected the Vikings to be, I mean, as great as they are, I didn't really, you know, expect them to go undefeated this season by any means. But I, you know, I think if you're a Vikings fan, maybe the thing that you're kind of worried about this week is, is uh is the offensive line was really sort of the the big weakness last week as and and we've talked about that before too it's like that obviously is a factor and they've lost both tackles and now you have Jake Long and his rubber knees in there and uh sure enough that was a that Bradford did not do well with the pressure that the the Eagles brought on him did you just say that man had rubber knees <laughs> 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 Which I guess when oh you think goodness. about it, it's like if you had rubber knees, you'd probably be better off. <laughs> <laughs> he, might, he might be. He might well be. But um, but look, we 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 talked about this for weeks, right? We, yeah. we talked about the fact that the Vikings were winning in spite of all these injuries, especially to the offensive line, an offensive line that that was pretty bad last year, and an offensive line that was a concern heading into this season, especially yeah. when you know. Teddy Bridgewater went down, and and, and you know they they pick up um, Bradford, mm-hmm. but you know he's not really known as being that that the guy that can kind of move around in the pocket like Bridgewater and avoid their pressure. Mm-hmm. So it, it just finally kind of caught up to him. Um, I'm not even sure. I, I guess out of necessity, um, but I think that was Jake Long's first time getting like some extended playing time since he got. To, to Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, and it was not pretty at all. But, you know, he hadn't played. I mean, when, when was the last time he played? So you kind of have to expect that. And then it is the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe that wasn't a game to kind of try to get them integrated uh, 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 into uh, playing time. But I, I guess he was kind of pressed into it, to be honest with you. I think uh, uh, 
Andre, uh, what's his name? Smith. Andre Smith might have gotten hurt uh, the week before, and I, so I guess, I guess they didn't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. Well, the more I think about it, uh, they they kind of had to go uh, with with uh, Jake Long, but you know they had been playing T.J. Clemens on both sides a little bit, and um, he'd actually he hadn't been doing great, but he had been kind of holding his own a little bit, you know, not really getting that exposed. Yeah, but I don't know if it was you know the fact that he was getting moved around again or Jake Long rubbing off on him, but he looked terrible too. Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of one of those things where it's a little bit of both. Like they play terrible, but also this is the Philadelphia Eagles uh, defensive line that we've been talking about all offseason too. On you know, on the flip side, you know, as bad as we were talking about the Vikings offensive line, everybody's excited to see um, the kind of things the Eagles defensive line is going to be able to do because we figured they'll be able to get after it. With Jim Schwartz coming in there and, and they're getting up the field and yeah. Fletcher Cox and all those guys really being unleashed. And you kind of saw that. Yeah. Uh, a week after they got, you know, smashed up a little bit, their, their defense did. They came out there with something to prove. I guess they wanted, to, you know, kind of defense against defense, whether their defense was the best defense on the field or the Vikings were. And the, the Eagles stood up and, and, and really made a lot of plays, you know. Both defense made plays, but the, the Eagles were just on a whole other level. So um, they, it wasn't just that Jake Long and T.J. Clemens and those guys played bad. The Eagles went out there and made plays. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, I, it's kind of like when I talked about with the Vikings so far this season and how bad they normally make quarterbacks look. And, and once again, they were on Carson Wentz pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you talk about how how bad they make quarterbacks look, but you got to remember, it's only one Minnesota Vikings defense in yeah. the league. So it's not like you have to worry about your quarterback playing them every single week. Yeah. Uh, and for the Vikings, there's only one Philadelphia Eagles defensive line. Yeah. There's other good ones, but, you know, there, there's a good likelihood that there might have been a one-week aberration where they just got dominated by a pretty good defensive line, I think. And so I, I, I wouldn't. If I was a Vikings fan, I wouldn't be panicking at all. Obviously, it's just the first loss anyway. Yeah, I'm seeing people saying like <laughs> crazy stuff, like they were overrated. <laughs> Man, are you crazy? Have y'all was that the first game you watched this year? Or something? But, you know, if anybody was thinking about freaking out or, or panicking, I kind of wait and hold off on that because I still think there was just kind of a one week aberration. And of course, you know, Sam Bradford kind of revert. He kind of went back to the mean of of turning the football over a little bit, which is what he had been so good at not doing the early part of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have bad games and people forget that. I I thought it was funny that one of the, they asked one of the Vikings offensive linemen about, you know, getting some help for that offensive line. And he's like, well, it's not like you could just go down to Carl's Jr. and find offensive line. which I thought was pretty funny because maybe you probably could, maybe you never know what you're going to find at Carl's Jr. Maybe you could get some offensive line help. Who knows? Maybe Jack in the Box. You know, Jack in the Box, <laughs> they do pretty much everything at Jack in the Box. You might find some, you know, some offensive line just hanging out there. You know, you never know. <laughs> but, but I mean, he's right though. Uh, that's one thing about it. 
people always say that around this time of year, because you know the trade deadline is coming up. Yeah. And so if there's a spot on your team that, that maybe is lacking, well, we just need to go out and get her this or get her that. Man, if they they could get it, I promise you they probably would have got it by now already. Yeah. <laughs> and and then you had Pete Carroll yesterday slip up and say everybody, man, everybody was on high alert for a Wade Phillips trade situation wade phillips breaking news trade situation because pete carroll said that about offensive line you know well i saw the move that minnesota went out and got somebody and everyone i think he was talking about jake long but it was you know everyone was like oh my god he's talking about joe thomas or he's talking about joe staley blah 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 (laughs) mostly because nobody could believe he was referring to jake long that way (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was my first thought. i was like well it's probably jake long but like it's jake long yeah, he's like, they made a big move. A big move? Are we talking about the same Jake Long here? Did you watch that film yet? Because I don't really know if you want to classify that that way. It's not 2010 anymore. Man. Woo. I thought it was – with Zimmer, it's interesting with the Vikings, though, because, you know, they bounced back pretty well after losses last year. Oh, and he, he's not going to let them suck. I can promise you that. <laughs> Evidently, he called them soft to their face. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, he's not going to bullshit them at all. And, and, and he's going to give them that tough love you need to, you know, kind of bounce back and, and just not feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, um, but, but at the same time, at the end of the day, uh, you can give all the pep talks you want. You can do all that. But their offensive line really is a little bit in flux right now. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm saying that there is only one uh, Philadelphia Eagles defensive line or what have you. But, but those, you know, those are legitimate issues on their offensive line. Uh, Jake Long, hopefully he can play better than that. But I don't – like some of it wasn't even just like he got beat. Like – on one play, he just he just didn't block anybody. Yeah, like it, it, it seemed like he knew who to block, but he didn't. He didn't. He couldn't even get a hand on the blitzer, and the guy just happened to be the one that came in there and get a sack, called fumble on 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 Bradford. So, um, you know, once again, if you can't find a replacement, and you probably can't right now, mm-hmm. you have to kind of go with those guys you have. This may be the one thing that keeps the Vikings from really going deep into the playoffs. I think they're, regardless, they're, they're probably going to end up a playoff team this year. But if there's one going to be one Achilles heel for them, it's going to be their offensive line, especially when you look at the other top teams yeah. in the NFC. Most of those teams do have pretty good de- defensive line. Yeah. There's a lot more good defensive lines than there are good offensive lines right now. Ooh. Well, they ain't even close. <laughs> I mean, it's well, kind of amazing. <laughs> that's why. That's one of the reasons why I just laugh at people talking about trying to trade for offensive linemen at the, at the trade. Like, who's got enough offensive linemen that they could spare one? Yeah. Even the Cowboys, who maybe was the only team that I thought could spare an offensive lineman. You know, uh, 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 Lael Collins is hurt now. Yeah. So even he, Probably a little bit leery and, and, and the left tackle, um, Tyron Smith, is yeah. banged and not even able to practice every day. So, yeah, even the best offensive lines out there can't, don't just have a guy that they, that's expendable to them. And if they do, I can promise you he's not very good. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, you know, I just don't see it out there. Like you said, you can't find them in Carl's Juniors and probably not a Jack in the Box either. So if you have a bad offensive line this year, and a lot of teams do, you're kind of stuck with them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny too because, like, did you see the news today? Like, okay, so Seattle might have to start a new left tackle this week. And the guy literally hasn't started a game since Pee Wee football. What? I thought yeah. he had to start, he had to start a game at tackle. He's he had to have started a game since Pee Wee football. Did he? Did he? Did, he, did he, wait? What? No, I said the the article in the Seattle Times. Yeah, it sounds like it makes it sound like he hasn't. He's played a lot. Special teams. Um, where is it here? Hasn't started a football game. Yeah, he hasn't started a football game since he was in youth league. That is amazing. <laughs> so there's offensive line problems, and then there's offensive line problems. Dude, I mean, wow. Because he and, and, played and basketball, and, and then he gave football a try at Western Kentucky. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so but he went the a, Jimmy Graham route, but like a totally different. <laughs> totally different. Totally different. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be so bad for Seattle if if uh, Russell Wilson wasn't already banged up. You know, normally he's a guy that can get away from a lot of pressure, but of course. The reason why he's banged up is because the offensive line is so trash. Yeah. So it's kind of that chicken and egg scenario for them. Um, um, man, that, that's rough because, look, Bradley Soul was already terrible. <laughs> yeah. And I think to just throw a guy out there. That is scary. Yeah. That, that's scary stuff. And the thing that, that, that kind of uh, is interesting to me is you see these teams with, with bad offensive lines and then they're going like uh, five wides and stuff. They're going like you know, uh, no backs in the backfield. I'm like, um, who's supposed to help these sorry offensive linemen you got? Yeah. And, but you know, I'm not an offense coordinator, so far be it from me <laughs> to tell these guys how to do their job. But I would think you would want somebody back there to help. That, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. You'd think, but I mean, you know, then again, look at, I mean, look at the Panthers in the Super Bowl. You know, it just goes back to that. You just, you get so fucking smart, you just out, end up outsmarting yourself. And, you so know. smart. Um. Yeah. <laughs> it just, come full circle. <laughs> it never seems to amaze you. And you see that too. It's like when somebody will be out there, it's the old Mike Martz principle. It's, well, I don't care if Orlando Pace is hurt. I'm still going to have my quarterback making seven step drops. So, yeah. yeah. Good idea. <laughs> it is It is rough, though. I mean, it seems like it's rough for offensive line. And I don't know. There's a lot of, you know, it's like the TV ratings thing. Everybody's got a theory about it. But it just it just seems to me like everybody, it's like you've got some pretty prominent teams right now with bad offensive lines more than anything else. That That's what it seems like to me. That, you know, and some of it is because of injuries. I think the injuries have really made a difference this year. Yeah. So if anything, maybe some teams just don't have the quality depth that they should, which, you know, maybe is a, a function of, of the salary cap. But mostly it's just key injuries, and a lot of those key injuries are on the offensive line because, you know, you, you basically have one left tackle on your roster. Yeah. Nobody really has 
or seems to have two guys that you feel real comfortable playing left tackle on your roster. Uh, that's just kind of how it goes. You know, yeah. fortunate few might, but most don't. So, yeah. like you said, you look around the league, man. It's there, how many really strong offensive lines are there? I, I, I can't think of many. I will say the Dolphins yeah. uh, finally got their offensive, offensive line up to full speed last week. I think last week was the first game that they had the offensive line they envisioned starting the season actually being on the field all at the same time. And look at the results. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> guy, damn good. Guy, yeah, guy rushed 200 yards for the second week in a row. Yeah. So, <laughs> that tells you right there the difference of good, having a good offensive line makes, even for good teams, and especially for bad ones. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, too, because, like, that's really been, like, you know, even you go back three weeks ago and it's just, like, you know, I was in the camp. It's like, oh, my God, same old trash Dolphins. But they kind of got their offensive line healthy. They leaned on the running game instead of trying to have Ryan Tannehill do everything. And now they look – I mean, you know, they're not – they haven't beat the Patriots or anything like that yet, but it's a, they, they look a, a lot better than they did. That's for sure. Listen, if they can keep running for 200 yards, they're going to win a lot of games. Yeah. And like you said, the, the, the uh, added bonus of how good they're doing in the running game is now they don't have to rely on Ryan Tannehill so much. And so you can hide him where he's not making those big mistakes that he normally makes to throw you out of the game. Too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, that that becomes a totally different team when you have the offensive line playing as well as they are. And, yeah. and, and that's not to take anything away from Jay Ajayi because he's running the ball. He's doing a great job of running the ball, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's made some great cuts. He's shown some great vision. And, and obviously, he's running really, really hard. But, you know, those holes don't just open themselves. Yeah. And if, if, if they don't have to rely on Ryan Tannehill – being a top-notch quarterback, if he can just be a game manager, mm-hmm. then the offense may win a, a lot more games than we suspected uh, just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny that that ends up, when they hired Gas to come in there to fix Ryan Tannehill, and sure enough, <laughs> he fixed him by uh, not making him the center of the offense anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that wasn't a soft Buffalo team they beat either. I mean, that's a Buffalo team that's been playing pretty well up to that point. And didn't man, play necessarily bad that week. Man, Buffalo had me fooled. I was almost trying to talk them up as maybe the second best team in the AFC <laughs> before last week. And he looked stupid. So, uh, uh, or maybe I'm just stupid anyway, but I don't know. But yeah, that, I mean, they beat, it, it was one thing about it, like they beat up. On on the on the bills, they really did. Yeah. Um, it, it you know, regardless of the score, when you look on the field, when I watched, when I actually watched, you know, Jay Ajayi run the ball, they were smashing people. They were mashing people and just moving them all around. Yeah. You know, and and and, and I'm I'm a guy who hates when people say stuff like, "Oh, the defense looks soft because you know the offense is run the ball." When half the time. It's just they get out schemed. Yeah. It's not that they're getting pushed around, but this is one situation where, yeah, there's some pretty good, you know, designs of the runs, but for the most part, the Bills are just getting pushed around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you've seen teams run on the Bills a little bit before, too. I mean, they, you know, nothing quite like that, but, I mean, you, you, the teams that have kind of run against the Bills have had some success doing it. 
mean, you even saw that a little bit with the 49ers, but uh, what else What else did the 49ers have to do? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have any choice. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see because now the Bills play, the, they host the Patriots this week, and I don't expect that uh, it'll be the same as the last time those two teams met when it was a 16 to nothing win for Buffalo. And then they go to, and then Buffalo's in Seattle next week. So that's a tough stretch for the Bills. But hey, at least they get to go against a dude who never played, who never started a game in the offensive line. <laughs> when they play Seattle, it's true. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm seriously sitting over here mystified. Like I totally, I, I just, you know, I kind of glanced at that before we, before we went on air. I, I glanced at my timeline and I saw that, and I just in my head, I just made it that okay, surely this guy has started before. He just, you know, <laughs> he must have been like a center or a guard or something. He just started tackling. Because I couldn't believe, like, literally, you're a professional football team is going to put a dude out there to protect your franchise quarterback and left tackle yeah. that has has not started a game since Pee Wee football. And I, I, I'm, I'm really having a hard time processing it like it's not it's not computing in my head it's not making sense <laughs> so I, I can't wait to see how that actually works out on the field eighth grade eighth grade was his last football game starting football game that's just that's amazing <laughs> which weirdly enough eighth grade was the last time i was an offensive lineman too so it gives you a, <laughs> i'm now i'm quite a bit older than he is i'm sure but <laughs> Um, but really, though, like at what point was like, can you just suit up some dude off the street and play left tackle? I mean, because look, maybe they should go down the cars, don't you? I, you know, it, 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 it's got to be somebody down there that's big. I mean, it's cars. Oh yeah, cars, don't you? If you're on a diet, so shit. If you can't find if you can't find a 260 pound man at Carl's Jr., where you're in the wrong fucking Carl's Jr. Look, you better. Law or something because everybody did. You can't find somebody <laughs> 260 pounds or more in college junior. <laughs> something wrong. Terribly wrong. <laughs> so she, they might actually be better off just going down there and say, hey, you ever played offensive tackle? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know, man. This this is going to get very interesting. It, I just, it ought to be a week, man. It. And it's the Saints. So it's like everyone's like, oh, well, it's the Saints, whatever. But it's like, well, I know it's the Saints and they don't have the world's best defense, but. They have some pretty decent pass rushers now. Um, um, what's the guy? 94. Uh, Cam, Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan rushes from, from defensive end a lot. So, yeah. That could get. That could actually forget the rest of the defense, the secondary. Yeah. One guy could wreck the whole game, and if they don't give that left tackle some help with Cam Jordan, shit, I might want to change my prediction. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, uh, today's the day to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Good reminder. I really can't fathom this. I got to see it first. I don't know. I don't want to make a rash decision, but, man, what? (laughs) Well, that's why I was telling somebody, you know what's going to happen is he's either going to come out and have just get the shit beat out of him, or Russell Wilson's going to have like five touchdowns or some crazy game like that. All right, dude, dude's going to look, you know, like Orlando Pace, the second coming or something. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Like, see, that's the thing about it. He's just, you know, like, I don't know. But then if he was looking like Orlando Pace, you have to ask why he wasn't playing before now because Bradley Soil has been trashed. Yeah. So, I, ah. 
Mm. <laughs> now talk about a coaching change that hasn't happened yet that I cannot figure out for the life of me is why Tom Cable is still the offensive line coach in Seattle. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's hard to, to really understand if Tom Cable is any good or not. Yeah. Because they don't really give him a lot to work with most well, of the time. Well, that's true. And, and so that's the, that's the biggest thing to me is like, okay, you give them, you know, these guys nobody's ever heard of half the time, and you, you ask them to, to, to get a functional offensive line. And, and you know, up until this season at least, they, they usually appear to be at least functional. And, and, and so maybe he's doing a great job. Yeah. Of coaching these guys up, or maybe he's doing a terrible job, and a better coach could get more out of him. It's just hard to yeah. to know since they don't have. It's not like he's coaching the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. Yeah, that's true. I guess if Russell Wilson comes out of this thing with his knees intact, I mean, shit, maybe the guy, uh, maybe the guy deserves like the Presidential Medal of Freedom or something like that. Listen, if he isn't on life support this <laughs> game, you might want to give Tom Cable a medal. I'm just I'm saying I I've never heard of him. Seriously, you're gonna start a guy that ain't ne- what? I'm really confused over here. I'm I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird these are strange days we live in, man. Very. That might be an understatement. <laughs> um, so it looks like the game of the week this week, I think, is really um, on paper at any rate. Now, we, we see, we, let's see how this turns out. But I'm kind of hopeful we finally have a good primetime game on the schedule here. Of course, we probably said the same thing about the Seahawks-Cardinals last week. But um, the Cowboys-Eagles Sunday night. Looks yeah. like it could be a pretty good game. You would think so. Um, I, I think that every, everything will point to this being a good game. But here's the thing, though. It, it, I have to ask, like, people, what is a good game? But, yeah. Because I think that in and of itself means different things to different people. Yeah. Like, um, last week, um, I'm not going to say, like, I was, you know, at, greatly enjoying the, the, the Seahawks and uh, Cardinals. But at the same time, I did appreciate how good both defenses were playing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and on second watch, actually, I, I was even more impressed. You know, I, I named Cliff Averill um, the the horse of the week. Um, so obviously I watched that game pretty closely uh, uh, on the second watch. But the thing of it is, is like you kind of forget how many times the Cardinals got into scoring range. Yeah, you know they they get the one field goal blocked, um, and the other time they had like a fourth and one inside the the twenty, and and uh, Averill along with some other guys end up blowing up the play. You just think you just assume that David Johnson's going to get one yard. Yeah, especially the way he was playing. And so there were some big plays in the game. It's just they weren't the offensive big plays. Yeah. And I think that for a lot of people, maybe most people, when they say they want a good game, what they really want is a shootout. Yeah, that's true. A whole lot of offense. They want, you know, big plays, 
um, you know, throwing the ball deep, big runs and stuff like that. And that's entertaining. And I get that. But I, I still think that sometimes good games is teams that play really good defense making plays. Yeah. So uh, I think that means different things to different people. Now, you know, obviously I think we can all agree that, that the Jags and Titans probably <laughs> won't be a good game tonight because they just play bad football, right? Yeah. It's not so defense, defense is making plays against them as much as it is them shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. But, but I think that for uh, for some fans, like especially me, I'm a defensive guy anyway. You know, a good game can be a low-scoring game. You just have to start appreciating defense a little bit. And so this game against the Cowboys and Eagles, I'm not so sure it's going to be a whole lot of scoring. Yeah. If it does, if there is a lot of scoring, I, I would favor the Eagles because, uh, you know, I think the Cowboys' defense is much, you know, worse mm-hmm. than, than the Eagles' defense. So I think that, therefore, I think the Eagles will have an easier time scoring than the Cowboys will. Yeah, uh, but but I could see this being a relatively low scoring game, um, just because because you know they both starting rookie quarterbacks. Um, the Cowboys defense, while not dominant, is, is still playing decent, and of course the Eagles defense was dominant last week. Yeah, so you know my question would be, if it does end up being a, a low scoring game, neither team like puts up close to thirty points. I wonder if people will say that was a bad game, too. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And, and you know, I'll say this for the tie game last week, too, is like it was kind of, you know, at times it, was, it wasn't it was to watch was a little iffy. But I like it when they end wild like that. And that was just crazy to seem like like a missed field goal. And that field goal was, you know, I think the Seattle special teams really kind of thwarted that one. But a missed field goal and then another missed field goal. I've never seen anything like that. I don't think people could believe it at first. <laughs> no, it's like, I mean, it's like a less than 30-yard field goal. Yeah. And a pretty good field goal kicker. Uh, how good? Yeah. Pretty good, pretty good kicker. So, you know, it's like, what? <laughs> nobody blocked it. You know, nobody really spooked him. He just, I don't know. No, I had everybody. I'm like, all right, it's over. Seattle's going to win this. Let's just get everything ready to go, and then we can publish it as soon as the game goes final. Sure as shit. <laughs> All right, everybody, go ahead and rewrite everything you just spent the last hour working on. So, <laughs> well, rewrite it <laughs> and do it fast, please. <laughs> but yeah, this ought to be a good one. And you know, the interesting thing with the Cowboys Eagles is like, and I know it's it's too early to start putting too much emphasis on playoff standings and stuff like that, but. You know, whoever wins this is going to be – Philadelphia beats Dallas. They're going to be in first place in the NFC East. It'll be the same record as Dallas, but by virtue of, you know, a better division record and, and by having that win over the Cowboys, they'll be in first place. And if Dallas wins, they'll have a pretty nice little lead in that division. Not insurmountable by any means, but it's a, you know, it's a significant two-game lead for them at that point. Yeah, but high stakes for both teams, obviously. Um you know, I wouldn't say insurmountable for the Cowboys because I got a feeling they still gonna try to stick <laughs> back in there and fuck everything up. But that's just Not the, the Cowboys. Cowboys. That's just the old Cowboys fan of me talking, I guess. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man. I mean, basically, uh, if you win this game, you know, especially again, we're almost at the midway point of the season. 
Yeah. So know that, you know, basically halfway through the season, either one of these teams that wins knows they have a really good shot at, at going ahead and winning that division and going on and at least hosting a playoff game, if not having a bye that first round. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a huge game for both teams. And it's funny, like I said, I mean, I, I didn't even, it didn't even really hit me until I was talking that both of them are starting rookie quarterbacks, too. Yeah. So uh, this this is a huge deal, man. If either one of these teams can get in the, the playoffs with a rookie quarterback and have that be be something on his resume, he can go ahead and get that out of the way, check that box off his first season, and, and, and understand what it takes to get there and what it understand what it takes to win. Man, that, that'll be a solid, really solid foundation for either one of those rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and I tell you what, that sets up some. That sets up a whole other set of interesting storylines for if it happens to Dallas too. But Ooh, on the flip side of that, though, I wonder, like, okay, I mean, because the Eagles' defense is definitely capable of doing this, but if they go out and Dak has a bad game, you wonder, you wonder what's going to be going on in that in in the in the the brains that control the operation down there in Dallas. Oh, I, I don't think it's in the question. All of a sudden, they're going. Even though Dak has played pretty well the first six weeks or whatever, I think that you know that'll be like their excuse for going ahead and getting Romo back in. Like mm-hmm. I said, I, one way or another, they're gonna find an excuse to get him back in. Doesn't matter that you know the, the, again that Philly uh, defense is pretty stout. Now you know uh, on the other hand, the, the Cowboys' offensive line is pretty stout too. But if if that goes out there, and even if he doesn't necessarily play bad, like just if he doesn't play well enough, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if guys drop the ball like they've been doing, he hasn't really had Diz out there to make the big plays for him. If he just doesn't move the ball good enough for them to, to score a lot of points, maybe he still don't turn the football over, which he's been really good at. Um, I, I think that'll be enough for them to say, because I think, Romo started throwing this week or something like that. Yeah, he was in practice this week, I think. So he's um, – well, I'm not sure if he actually practiced. He was throwing, what. yeah. He was throwing he was the throwing, ball. Right. Yeah. So they was talking all that talk about, yeah, we're going to take it slow and we don't have to rush and all that. <laughs> but, you know, again, like you said, if, if they lose the game and now uh, Philly's in first place in, in, in that division – now I think that'll just be you know good enough for them to say, oh yeah, okay, now it's time for Romo to come back. Yeah, but I still I just don't think it's the right move unless. No. Um, to me, I, I think that the way he's played the first few weeks of this season, that Dak should get more than just one bad game. Yeah. To, to judge him on it and say it's time to make a change, I just really think you know let him see what he can do, and you want to see how he matches up against the better teams especially in the division anyway. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. But on the flip side, what if he goes out there and lights it up? <laughs> <laughs> like, that might actually be more controversial than him playing bad. <laughs> if he goes out there and lights it up, and then they're 6-1, and they're, you know, like you said, two games ahead of the Eagles in the division, how do you put Romo back in then? I just don't – there's just no – I mean, I guess anything can happen, but I just there's just no way. There's no way you could do that. Because it comes back to the question is like what has Dak done so far to get replaced? I mean it's not like he's just like if you could look at his – well, he didn't have a lot of interceptions or some minutes, but it's just because they're – you know, they've got this really 
conservative game plan and he's not really had to do anything. But like he's progressively improved week over week. You know what I mean? He really has. He really has. And, and, and you know, like, like I was talking about last week, it's not just that they won in spite of him. They won because of him. He's made plays yeah. to help them win games. Yeah. And so he's not just really a game manager. He's actually throwing the ball down the field. Hell, if his receivers could catch better or if he had De- uh, uh, Dez out there too, uh, he, his numbers would probably look even better. But, uh, you know, he's making enough plays to get them down the field, including with his legs. Yeah. Stuff that Romo, quite frankly, can't really do at this, at his, at this stage of his career anymore. So uh, I just – I don't see it. But, but like I said – I think that might actually be the more interesting of the two scenarios is if he goes out there and lights it up. Cause I, you know, I think anybody can see or could, you know, uh, uh, imagine him struggling against that, that Eagles defense. But if he doesn't, <laughs> if he goes out there and lights it up and now, and, and look, not just for the division, but they will have just beaten the team that the team we all thought was the best team in the NFC, the Vikings, got destroyed by the week prior. Yeah. And then they would have the same exact record, provided the Vikings win, too, this week, too. So it's not just the division, either. (laughs) You're still looking at, like, a first-round bye with this guy as your quarterback. Yeah. uh, You know, Dallas radio will probably be (laughs) off the hook next week (laughs) if he goes out there and lights it up. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny too that I think Des might be back this week. By the way, have you? I haven't seen either way, but I heard it. It was. It sounded like it was. It looked like um, when I was setting my fantasy lineup the other day. That's how I get my news. But uh, it, it sounds <laughs> like he might be. Uh, he might be playing this week. And that would definitely be a boost yeah. uh, all around because yeah. you know, just that that guy is fantastic, and and, and that would be a, a great security blanket for for Dak, just knowing he's all he has to do is throw it, is throw it in the general vicinity of, of, of Dez and let him go to work. So, yeah. uh, but I, I I haven't actually seen anything about it, so I'm not sure. Um, then and the Romo thing, like so, we mentioned Romo was throwing the ball. The other day, that made me think because back in, if you hop in the time machine and go all the way back to early to mid September, even later in September, there was all these positive reports out of Dallas from Dr. Jerry Jones. Romo was throwing, Romo was running. He's going to be, the doctor pronounced him going to be ready to go sooner than we anticipated, even. And uh, and (laughs) here we are. (laughs) Yeah, way ahead of schedule. Got some shoots of cortisone in his back. He's ready to go. But uh, and now it's funny. It's like he well, he's at practice. He's not practicing, but he's throwing. So it's kind of funny how how the reports have uh have changed, but stayed the same over the last three months <laughs> or two months, I guess. Yeah, it is very interesting. <laughs> it's very interesting. <laughs> Time is a flat circle in Dallas. Now, don't get me wrong. It, it, it's a good thing that they're allowing him to fully heal. Yeah, for if sure. You look back and and maybe that's what the Texans should have done with JJ White. You know, I always say when it comes to these back injuries and stuff, you do not mess around with them. Yeah, because they are career injuries. Even if it's a slow end, you yeah. know, 
Maybe the guy gets in a few more years, but then that's that's it. If you if you mess those up, man, it, it's it's the beginning of the end. Yeah, it, it is curious though. Yeah, <laughs> that all these projections, when everybody kind of just assumed that the Cowboys would lose, maybe not just because of Dak, but also their defense. They still don't have any pass rushers or what have you. Just a combination of everything. Just couldn't have seen them being five and one. But now that they are five and one, it's like, ah, oh, we're gonna take our time. You know, <laughs> don't want to rush. Uh, you know, need to see him on the field first, and he's not here yet. Uh, it is a whole tone change. It's it's so it's it's weird to see Dallas taking a taking a precautionary approach to um, star player injuries. <laughs> Man, <laughs> what's next? The St- what's next? The Steelers aren't going to rush Ben Roethlisberger back in the lineup. I mean, come on. Yeah, I see that when that happens. <laughs> I guess that kind of takes the Steelers out of the conversation for the second best team in the AFC, though. Even if he is only out a couple more weeks, but well, now Landry Jones actually looked pretty good last week. No, oh. he really didn't look bad. I'll have to say. I- I was I was so surprised. I was like, "Wait, what? Who is this? Larry Jones <laughs> making those kind of throws? He's not serving up to the other team." Now eventually, you know, he, he, he kind of fell off a little bit near the end when when uh, things didn't really go his way anymore. But yeah, he, he uh, maybe maybe they can squeak by for a few weeks yeah. without Big Ben. Yeah, it uh, it'll be interesting. To see what happens. I, I guess the other thing, the game, is this the week? They're playing the Jets, so maybe, maybe this is the week that Cleveland finally gets a win? I'm, I think I picked them to win this game. Yeah, we both did. But I, picked them, I picked them mostly because uh, the Jets have a quarterback that is obviously on drugs. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Fitzpatrick... After the game last week, comes out and is like, oh. it's me against the world. Oh, God. You know, the owner in the gym, nobody believed in me. Yeah, because you threw all them damn interceptions. <laughs> you forget about that? I'm like, dude, seriously, I mean, what are you doing? Eight interceptions in two games? <laughs> Look, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I, I think when I was aware of the comments, um, I'd already watched, like, the – the condensed version of the game, but I want to go back and rewatch uh-huh. the game. Feel like, did I miss something? Did he play outstanding football when he came in or something? I mean, the dude dropped, jumped, uh, he, he had a dump pass like uh, uh, to the running back for for a touchdown, like a screen pass or whatever, and that's about it, really. Like, yeah, it wasn't like he went out there and lit it up. Um, really and truly, the the Ravens quarterback Joe Flacco, Mister Elite himself, had more to do with the Jets winning that game than, than, than Ryan Fitzpatrick did. And you know, you but you read those comments, you thought he threw for four hundred yards and yeah. five touchdowns or some shit. And I'm just like, dude, really? <laughs> so I just kind of picked the Browns out of spite as much as anything else because I'm just like. <laughs> no, no, this can't stand. Like, karma won't let this allow this to stand. That a dude who's that terrible, who's getting paid $12 million somehow because the team relented to his unrealistic, uh, uh, well, it turns out they were realistic uh, demands, 
and you're still over there in the corner talking about they don't believe in me. Really? <laughs> really? They paid you twelve million. They still paying you twelve million dollars. They waited. They waited for you until fucking August, dude. And 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 just wouldn't move on. And you know they don't believe in me, man. If you don't get your ass out of here with that, so, <laughs> I'm kind of put for the Brown. You know, I don't really have a rooting interest usually, but I, I'm kind of rooting for the Browns just 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 because. I, well, because. it's the least sad that an zero and six team could be the Browns. It's like they've still got some fight in them, and that's I mean that's there is at least that. I mean, at least you have guys like Terrell Pryor and stuff out there, like you know, the, literally willing to cut off their hand to win a game for the Browns in a in a otherwise lost season. I picked the Browns because every now and then, and I think this is the second week in a row. I've picked the Browns out of broken clock theory. So it's like at some point they're going to win. So Right. They have to win. They're going to win at least a game. <laughs> this, this is not the Detroit Lions you know, from a while ago. Their team – and, it's you know, the, the interesting thing about the Browns is they have all the reasons in the world to kind of shut it down. Yeah. For guys to stop fighting. Yeah. They went all these quarterbacks and, shit, the, the Josh McCown now is coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Remember him? Yeah, <laughs> he started week McCown two. Uh, yeah, he's starting this week. And but last week they had Kevin Hogan looking like Michael Vick out there running up and down the field. <laughs> they had all these injuries. You know, so the offensive line has had injuries. They have had injuries on defense, but they keep on fighting. Yeah. So now they got Josh McCown back. Uh, who's I would think is an upgrade to Cody Kessler and and anybody <laughs> else they've been sticking back there. And so, uh, you know, they have a little bit better upgrade at quarterback, and it, that should be, you know, translate into Terrell Pryor getting more opportunities, especially on deep ball. Yeah. Because one thing Josh McCown will do, he's going to throw it up there now. Yeah. You know, he had that, that shitty season here in Tampa, but you know what he did do? He threw the ball to Mike Evans. Down the field a lot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm picking them, and I think they're going to pull it off. Like, I, I'm not just picking them just for the hell of it. I kind of feel like they're going to pull it off because the Jets have been reeling. And, look, it's still Fitz, Fitzpatrick, uh, and, and he still got a good chance of throwing the ball to the other team. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's gonna happen at some point. Like going, like I, I wish somebody could run the numbers just to how much, just how hard it is to go zero and sixteen in the NFL. Because like it's pretty tough. I mean, I don't think people quite realize that. Everyone makes a Browns joke, and it's an easy laugh. But it's uh, it, it's not easy to go to lose every single game you play in the NFL. Well, you got to figure at some point the other team is going to come out a little bit flat. They're going to come out a little bit overconfident because, you know, it's the Browns. Uh, and you got to figure sooner or later somebody on your team is, is going to come out fire hot. Yeah. Um, you know, they like I said, they've got some players that have been playing uh, pretty well. Uh, I think Emmanuel Ogba had – the rookie had two sacks last week. Yeah. So coming on. Um, they, you know – uh, Crowell has been playing well, the running back. Yeah. They, they've got players now, Gary Barnage, and they've been doing all this. They've been coming close to winning games 
without any kind of stability at quarterback. And now they got Josh McCown back. Yeah. I think that might be enough. Might be enough for them to pull off the upset. Yeah. I'm not even sure it'll be an upset if if Fitz plays like he's been playing. <laughs> I wouldn't have is it six quarterbacks they've started this year? Are six five starters and then you can factor in Terrell Pryor because he's taken a few snaps at quarterback. It's, so something, it's something crazy. <laughs> like, I was trying to think, if have they started six or five quarterbacks in Cleveland this year? And I guess they technically haven't started Terrell Pryor at quarterback. I think he's just taken the snaps there. Right, he didn't start there, no. But, so yeah, only, quote-unquote, five. Is it five or four? Mm. Well, well, started, as far as started, I think... I think only Kessler has started along with McCown and So it might only be uh, three even. Or three. So only three have started, but then Hogan played a lot last week. Um and then of course, like you said, okay. uh 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 has prior played a whole lot against the Dolphins, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's only three three quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks. Six no six total. So not quite as, as bleak, but it's interesting. Oh, that's what it was. They brought in, uh, what's his name? Whitehurst. I forgot about him. Why, I Lord totally Jesus. forgot about him. Clifford <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. How did I forget about him? <laughs> and then he probably got hurt. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he could not redeem the Browns. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Jets, I was just looking. The Jets are favored by a field goal right now so that ought to be interesting and the odd shark computer actually has it as a one point difference and you may laugh at me for citing a computer predicted score but that computer is currently thumping my ass in the overall <laughs> probably mine too <laughs> in the picks no you're thought, you're in second place what yeah you have moved within one game of Joel huh. who I know I had a good week the week before last. Yeah. I don't think I did that last week, though. You, got two, you were 10-4-1 last week. Everybody's got a tie now. <laughs> got a lot of tie. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked me that. Like, well, now, how are the, how's that tie going to affect our picks? And I was like, man, you know, I, I had never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should think of these things. <laughs> <laughs> oh well well that just means we'll put an asterisk next to everybody whoever wins the picks right. contest at the end of the <laughs> i can't if i if i know if i ever get joel wrong one time i got joel wrong and i got this dm it's like hey man um uh, who did you say was the leader of the picks contest so far <laughs> and like oh i think gina won it this week he's like, uh no you better look again man Hey, man, I told you right right around the house when everybody starts getting serious about those picks. I'm telling you. Just, just like last year, we, we all kind of, ha, ha, ha. We look, oh, I got a chance to win. Let me start doing some research. It's just like my, I still are like, don't get beat by the computer or the parody account. So well, we don't have the parody account anymore and the computer is thumping me. So, Hey, our shark actually ended up pretty high last year, didn't it? They were nine and nine five and one last week, so uh, second place tie. There you go. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, it has been a rich and full hour of hot football talk, Stephen. I've suddenly got a craving for Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. Look, I've been thinking about an ultimate Jack Burger from Jack in the Box. <laughs> Jack in the Box. I shouldn't do my do that to myself because we don't even have Jack in the Box. Here in Tampa, it's like terrible. <laughs> we gotta get if Carl's Jr. isn't a sponsor after this show. I, I don't know what else we could do, man. Hey, man, I do. We do have like uh, Carl. What, what do we have? The, the other name for Carl? Hardee's. Hardee's. Yeah, we have Hardee's down the road. So yeah, yeah, Hardee's and Carl's Jr. Y'all can definitely, definitely <laughs> kick us some free burgers or something, man. Come on. <laughs> we'll hey. work for swag. Look, I'm I'm gonna head to Hardy's to get something to eat <laughs> while I wait on this great Jags Titans game tonight. <laughs> it's the perfect combination. <laughs> Jags Titans football. And well, <laughs> and I, if you see, keep your scouts eye out, and if you see anyone that can suit up as an offensive lineman hey, while you're down there, I promise you, I promise you, there's gonna be somebody there, even if it's the cook. Somebody there is gonna look like a. NFL offensive tackle. <laughs> or at least Wes is one. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, have a good week. You do the same.